You're listening to Indonesia in depth. My name is Tanita, and I'm Sean Corrigan. We didn't take a broad enough view of our responsibility, and that was a big mistake. And it was my mistake, and I'm sorry. I started Facebook. I run it, and I'm responsible for what happens here. You know, some of the questions asked how how I view uh, regulation. I don't think the question here is whether or not there should be regulation. I think the question is what is the right regulation. So earlier this year, there was a massive public outcry when Facebook allegedly violated its users' agreement by allowing a third party to access data of approximately 87 million of its users. This vast data collection was later used to target voters in American political campaigns and was used in various dubious ways in other countries. And this has led to both the US Congress and also the European Parliament to order the Facebook CEO, Mark Zuckerberg, to testify as part of their investigations. Now, it was reported that up to 1 million Indonesians were included in the list of users affected, which eventually led to the Parliament to call upon Facebook to testify. But you see, this incident is just the tip of the iceberg. As more and more activities and daily facilities become digitalized, and personal data becomes ever more widely collected, the question of who should control personal data and how should companies control and process them has been discussed frequently among lawmakers, journalists, and leaders. Affecting individuals, companies, and governments, lawmakers around the globe have been trying to meet the challenge through various instruments. And one of the most important and widely impactful instruments is the GDPR, or General Data Protection Regulation, which was recently adopted by the European member states. Indonesia, too, has been trying to draw a fine balance of interests through two major instruments. First, the Personal Data Protection Bill, and second, a regulation on electronic transaction. Now, let's start off with the uh, Data Privacy Protection Draft Bill. So the incident with Facebook and Cambridge Analytica this year has gained great attention worldwide, and not least Indonesia. And interestingly, from both lawmakers and the general public as well, which does not happen too often. I mean, what do you think about this global trend and also how this trend is going on in Indonesia? Data privacy has been a growing concern, uh, especially after numerous data leaks, breaches and hacks uh, that's happened over the past few years. But even just this year, we've had numerous incidents uh, of either breaches or data leaks, uh, particularly with Facebook um, that affected at least 30 million users. It's not just Facebook, though. It's companies that are operating here in Indonesia. Uh, for example, we saw the misuse of personal data of millions of Indonesian user IDs, which were tied to prepaid mobile SIM cards by local mobile providers. Right. So because the rise of those um breaches and misuse of data, that was the cause that led the European Parliament and Council to finally issue the GDPR? With the rise of the misuse of user data and data breaches, as we mentioned earlier, the European Parliament and the Council of the European Union uh, this year 
finally passed the General Data Protection Regulation, which is known as GDPR, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, the GDPR provides consumer rights when it comes to data protection, such as having the right to quote-unquote opt-in when sharing information, uh, as well as a so-called right to be forgotten, uh, where a consumer's data can be requested to be de-indexed from search engines such as Google, for example. Hmm, I've only come to that term just now, the index. Uh, what do you mean by de-index? Yeah, well, you'll be hearing uh, this word quite a bit moving forward. Uh, de-indexing simply means that certain information won't be indexed by search engines, which means the information websites are scanned by the search engines and the data is then listed in, in the search engine results. So de-indexing means that uh, this information would be less likely to appear in internet searches, for example. In the GDPR, this is only one, this is only one of the protections uh, that the GDPR provides. Uh, there yeah. are also other important user and consumer prote protections included. Yeah, and I think that makes sense then, because we have just met with the Director General from the Ministry of Communication and Information, uh, Samuel Abriani. Apparently, he's the key player for this new draft bill. Uh, and I suppose it's the first data privacy protection bill as well in Indonesia. And he's also the key player in revising the old regulation on data control and management, which we will talk later on. But let's just focus back on, on this meeting. So it was a very fulfilling meeting, wasn't it? Yeah, and we spent quite a bit of time with him. Uh, he was very generous with his time. We broke down where the data privacy protection draft bill is. And we also talked about the revisions to the 2012 uh, regulation on data control and management. Right. Yeah, and I think, as we mentioned before, there have been several incidents that just became kind of like a wake-up alarm for the need to protect personal data here. But I think data has always been collected and therefore regulated even before all of these um, incidents. Um, we even have like regulation uh, in 2016 on the electronic transmission or what we also call as ITE law. Even the, jet, the government regulation that we're going to talk about later is issued in 2012, and that also regulates about data. So my question would be, so why do you think that it is only now that the law is being prepared and formulated? Well, the ITE law that you mentioned lacks adequate protection for consumers. And as far as I recall, there's only one article uh, within the law uh, that governs the misuse of personal data, for example. Well, both the Data Privacy Protection Bill and the revisions to the regulation that we mentioned earlier are both key elements to the government's digital economic roadmap, as uh, Samuel explained. He says it's a key part of President Widodo's uh, ambition to, quote, to, quote, make Indonesia the energy of Asia in a digital economy, unquote, is what he's mentioned to me. Um, and he, he really sees it as the important uh, steps to make things like the e-commerce sector more attractive and, and bring in more investment from outside into uh, that sector. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But to be clear, the push to revise uh, the regulation and also to bring in this new data privacy protection bill started as far back as uh, 2016. Uh, but it only gained prominence after two scandals involving Facebook uh, got a lot of attention in early 2017, uh, when it became known that over 1 million Indonesian users may have had their data accessed by a third party, hmm. uh, which was Cambridge Analytica, which everyone knows about now. Yeah. But Samuel 
said that you know this Facebook incident was sort of a blessing in disguise because it drastically raised public awareness on data privacy and the need to establish a data privacy protection law in Indonesia. Okay, that that makes sense. So it's actually has been planned a while ago, but have just manifested and become talked about in mainstream media very recently. But what about the content itself? I mean, Samuel explained to us a lot of things, but if you can like pinpoint the most important thing, what would you think the important points would be? Well, the government's current draft is based on the European Union's uh, GDPR. Uh, in fact, uh, Director General Samuel called this bill the Indonesian GDPR, uh, admitting that 90% of its content uh, came from the EU GDPR. Mm. Uh, Indonesian government officials are following the European version so closely that they have even been invited to the annual GDPR summit, which is being held in November this year, which is quite interesting. So 90% of this content will duplicate the EU GDPR. What about the remaining 10%? Well, the Indonesian version uh, will give more room to data controllers. Now, a data controller is a company or organization that collects or controls user data. This could be a bank, a social network, a mobile provider, for example. So like Facebook, what else? Snapchat, Instagram, those are data controller. Correct. Yeah, exactly. The Indonesian version of the law, uh, I'm told, will include a, quote, safe harbor policy, unquote, which means that if a data controller is taking all the precautionary measures required and following the rules, they can't be held liable. Uh, Samuel told us that you know we will have a balance with protecting the consumer but also the data controller. The EU version is quite heavier when it comes to protection for consumers. We didn't get a chance really um, to get into why there's this safe harbor mm. policy uh, and how it will be actually implemented, uh, but I think this is something that needs to be looked into more. Uh, I wish we had more time to talk about this with him though. Yeah, and I think I know there must be a lot to explore more on just those points of, uh, that we have just discussed, but Let's just go back a bit to the basic on what personal data actually means. Exactly. I mean, this is a very basic question, but I think a very important question, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, you have to start there before you can start laying out uh, what's in the law and, and sanctions and things like that. The Indonesian government describes personal data in the civil administration law, which lists 31 items. And these include identity card numbers, uh, your full name, your birthplace, birth date, as well as fingerprints and iris scan records, for example. But I think what's interesting is that while the Indonesian Data Privacy Protection Bill basically copies 90% of the European version, these 31 items listed as personal data are derived locally. So Indonesian came up with their own list of what personal data uh, consists of. I think one of the key clauses in the EU GDPR is about the sanction and the unique model of sanctions. Um, So let's talk about that in the Indonesian version. Um, In this current draft, he mentions some similarities and also differences on, on sanctions and penalties between the Indonesian version and the European version. Can you elaborate on that more? Yeah, the draft bill is still being finalized by the government uh, before it's eventually submitted to, to the parliament to be deliberated, so things will change. But the latest draft that we reviewed included administrative and financial sanctions for the misuse of data. 
Just some examples here. Um, authorities can temporarily or even permanently cease operations of companies or organizations that fail to comply with the new law. Uh, in some cases, authorities will prevent a company from sharing data with other parties until they comply or while they're under investigation. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you come to actual fines, uh, which will be included in the bill. So far, a data breach uh, would receive a fine up to 25 billion rupiah, or around 1.7 million US dollars. That's in the current draft. Samuel admits that this amount would be considered quite small for global players such as Google or Facebook. But ultimately, the sanctions could be in a form of a complete blockage of you know, the company's services if need be. Hmm. Uh, but just moving on to other examples, uh, data transfers without approval can be fined up to 50 billion rupiah or 3.4 million US dollars. There are some articles also when it comes to jail time. Um, the draft is proposing seven years in prison for violators, but the government said that they really want to put emphasis more on financial sanctions rather than jail time. Uh, one example was given during our discussion was that maybe there could be a six-month sentence in jail, but the fine would be super high uh, because you know the government says jail time costs us money and doesn't really help the situation much. Uh, but that's all still being reviewed. It's, nothing's final yet. The other thing that we discussed was um, that the government is considering finding data controllers uh, based on the number of users affected by a data breach or a leak. Uh, one number that came up was 689 US dollars per user leak, for example. Hmm. Again, it's, it's still early. That's just one of the discussion points they have now. That'll likely change. But one interesting uh, point to note is that based on our research, um, Indonesian data protection draft bill uh, will not classify sanctions based on the size of the business, say where bigger and more profitable companies are subject to higher fines, as stated in the EU GDPR. For example, a breach in the EU version can cause lower scale companies to be penalized 10 million euros or 2% of their global revenue, whichever is higher, while higher tier companies will be penalized for 20 million euros or 4% of their annual global revenue, or again, whichever is higher. Do you think there is any other difference, key differences from the sanction model here in the Indonesian version and the European version? Well, another one that comes to mind is that unlike the EU version, the Indonesian uh, draft bill does not impose a time limit in which data controllers must disclose any data breaches, hacks or leaks that have occurred. If you recall, um, earlier this year, Yahoo finally disclosed that it had a data breach, but they disclosed it seven months after the actual breach, uh, which was cause of concern for many users who were unaware of this breach. Under the European version, there's a time limit set where companies or organizations must disclose uh, such instances. Mm -hmm. uh, but the Indonesian version does not have any articles on this mm -hmm. as of today. Um, he also stressed that the data privacy protection law will only be the umbrella, quote-unquote umbrella, with all the technicalities to be defined after. So that leaves some uncertainty of, you know, mm. when is this going to be defined and who's going to be defining it? And, you know, will this change once again? So I, I think it's, it may be a little bit tougher in Parliament than, um, than what, they, what they expect, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I mean, the fact that it's going to be an umbrella law meaning that all of the norms, all the definition would have to be settled right now. I think these norms are the one that should not be 
should not have any um, disputes between the two parts, right? And this is what he's trying to convince us that there has been no dispute on the norms because generally people hate Facebook uh, since that incident. Uh, so this is something that the business community particularly uh, need to watch uh, as this draft moves forward in Parliament uh, and they really should get their voice heard uh, on this bill before deliberations continue in, in Parliament later in uh, 2019. Yeah. So since this is a government-initiated bill, if I understand it correctly, I think so the government through the Ministry of Communication and Information uh, will have to formulate the bill, prepare the bill, and then pass it to the parliament for their agreement, right? And they have been working for this on this for almost two years, as you said, from 2016. And I mean, two years is a long time, uh, but also reasonable for a, an umbrella law like this. As of now, where are we on the data privacy protection draft bill? Well, as you mentioned, it's, it's been very slow going uh, with the progress of this bill. The government tells us that uh, the bill is in its final stages and that the government has already been in close discussions with House Commission 3 in Parliament, uh, which is responsible for supervising uh, draft bills, uh, which will be included in the National Legislation Priority List, or Prolegnas. And what's important here to remember is the Prolegnas determines which bills will be deliberated uh, for the coming year in Parliament. Uh, Commission 1 actually is responsible for information and communication, which would be this bill here, uh, among other sectors has been meeting with the government to really get this on the list and started to be deliberated in January. Just a note on that, I think it's worthy to mention that Commission 1 is where Satya Yuda is. Satya Yuda is the vice chairman of Commission 1 of the parliament, which we have interviewed. And you can listen to the result of the interview in our past episodes. Just look into that and see the perspective of parliament on this bill. So yeah, I mean, we've heard that you know this bill will be included on the prolegnas. We've heard that many times. I asked uh, Director General Samuel again, you know, as he confident that this will be added to the priority list in Parliament in early 2019, and he assured me that it would be. Uh, he says that the draft is being finalized right now for the final final time, and that the president will sign it and then they will submit it to Parliament uh, before the next session. So we'll see. There'll still be some changes happening between now and then, but. He said it's going to be on the uh, priority list in Parliament. So yeah, it seems like Samuel was quite optimistic about meeting the target to pass this bill before the House term ends in um, September 2019. Uh, he told us that the draft that he's currently holding has been written together with government and civil society. But here's the interesting part. The business community has not been involved at the stage. Yeah, and I think that's something that could be worrisome uh, as time is very limited once this bill gets, in, gets into Parliament. Uh, and I think that the business community should have been asked for their input you know, during the um, drafting of this, of this bill. Right. And I think um, the main concern from business sectors is their actual running of business, right? Uh, especially as what Samuel says, that you know, becoming the energy of Asia in digital economy would mean that the rules relating to how data should and could be controlled and processed would need to be you know, unequivocally clear and embracing enough for the business communities. And even if the business communities are going to be asked during the deliberations later, will there be enough time? We don't know this. But many points seem to be left hanging in this bill. So he also mentioned a couple of times that there has been very little conflict between the government, as in the ministries, and also Commission 1. 
of the parliament on this bill since it concerns the interest of all people. And I think Sate Yuda has also mentioned this, affirmed that, you know, we're gonna we're ready. Um, we don't think that there's going to be any major debates because all of us agree and it's all relatable. It's relatable for all. And he also mentioned that it's a strategic bill asked to improve the profiles of the parliament candidates, noting that most of them are rerunning for the office, right? Yeah, I mean, I think his exact words were that I'm confident that this will be passed uh, by parliament because this is good for everyone. It's also good for the lawmakers as it's an election year, I think I think was his words. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I think I, you know, I sort of have the feeling that, you know, everyone agrees that this should be deliberated and discussed and it's important. Uh, but let's see if it's if everyone can agree on the, the final bill and it can be passed in, mm-hmm. in late September of next year. Mm-hmm. That should be interesting. You know, it strikes to me as strange that on the one hand, officials say that deliberation will be, you know, like a walk in the park, no significant debate, which I think would mean that there will be no major changes to the current bill. But at the same time, Samuel also repeatedly emphasized, especially in the um, section part, that it can be changed later on. It's like it's far from finished. That would be the end of part one on data privacy protection bill. We think that the government, parliament, um, civil society organizations and business community seem to have to work closely together if they want to get this bill passed. In part two, we will venture into our discussion with Samuel again on the revision to government regulation 82 of 2012, which is going to involve data control, storage, and also sharing. We will see whether this much needed revision will provide solutions or more uncertainties. Yes, so make sure you listen to the upcoming episode because these revisions to the regulation are really important as they will help determine the framework on how data is treated. Now, this is something that's becoming more and more important uh, in our daily lives. And as a reminder, also, you can subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Music, and also on SoundCloud, among many others. Please leave us a rating on iTunes as this helps more people become aware of the program. Don't forget, you can also listen to the podcast on Amazon's Alexa just by saying, Alexa, play the Indonesia In-Depth podcast. Welcome to Indonesia In-Depth. In addition to the audio version of the podcast, you can also read each episode on my LinkedIn page. The link to my profile is in the show description. You can also email us at info at indonesiaindepth.com. That's all we have today. I'm Sean Corrigan. And I'm Tanita. See you soon.